Welcome everyone to the Apocalypse Podcast. I'm Steve. He is Lawrence. Huh. <laughs> no. It's, it's more than Larry. Well, I didn't want to say Larry because of Hurricane Larry, right? Oh, I get you now. And, yeah. and I actually kind of was rooting for the hurricane a little bit because <laughs> he was my namesake. Okay. And, um, yeah. and so I thought I better be Lawrence today because it wasn't Hurricane Lawrence. It was Hurricane Larry. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. It feel a little odd cheering for a hurricane? Like, you know. Well, you know, if it was Hurricane Betty, I wouldn't cheer for it. <laughs> no. Okay. I get it. I get you now. Yeah. Although I, I did like Betty Rebel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're talking about Hebrews 9. <laughs> um, I was going to say they were they were modeled after people, but I'm not sure if that's the case with, with them. Well, Fred Flintstone was modeled. It was modeled after Jackie Gleason's show, right? I was, was going to go, are we talking about Hebrews 9 or, or the Flintstones? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you know, and, and Jackie, remember Jackie Gleason to the moon, Alice. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Which is which is beyond this earth, which is what we're talking about here. In oh, that is a fantastic tie-in. Thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. Lovely, lovely lead-in, my friend. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that's right. So little did we know that the, the Flintstones do have some tie-in to Hebrews nine. They do. They do, and. Um, and their cars were very. Remember, their cars didn't have floors in them, and you had to just kind of run with them. Kind of similar. I, I had a car like that. Yeah, <laughs> kind of similar to the first century, right? You yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. Huh. Huh. Now we're gonna. What we're gonna do here, Steve, is this is the earthly, um, the holy place, according to you know the Bible that we're reading. Yes. And this is a continuation of what we were saying last week. It's all a continuation, of course. But this is a, 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 a very close continuation of what we were doing last week, of, of the earthly versus the heavenly models. Mm -hmm. right? And so, so um, if we just read the first part of that, you'll, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. You betcha. All right, folks, picking it up at verse 1, chapter 9. Now even the first covenant had regulations for worship and an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section, in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was the second section called the most holy place, having a, the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant covered with on all sides with gold, in which was a golden urn holding the manna, and Aaron's staff that budded, and the tablets of the covenant. Above it were the cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Of these things we can now speak we cannot now speak in detail. Yeah. So remember last week I had said we probably don't need the Old Testament because Jesus was the culmination of all that. And now the Old Testament scholars would say, well, there you go. If you didn't know the Old Testament, you wouldn't understand any of this, <laughs> any of this passage at all. Oh, uh, rude scholars. <laughs> <laughs> where where, the, uh, where the, the Jewish people, the Jewish Christians that he's writing to, because I'm, I'm certain it's got to be Jewish Christian, mm -hmm. right? The Jewish Christians that he's writing to would understand this stuff thoroughly. This this was uh, this was uh, an everyday part of their life, mm -hmm. right? And knowing about this was an everyday part of their life. They didn't have the tent, of course, by the first century, but this this was the um, the tent where Moses was received the instructions, and and they built all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's talking about the actual things that went on in the in the in the in the outer court and. 
and also in the holy holy place and the holy holies, not the outer court, but the holy place and the holy holies. So in the first tent, the first section, right, was the lampstand and the table and the bread, which is very cool. Um, and that's the holy place. Remember, the priests went in there every day right. into the holy place. And behind the second curtain, called the most holy place, is the golden altar of incense and the Ark of the Covenant, um, which was, remember, they usually portray it as a, as a golden box with, with two cherubim and their wings touching on top. Right, yes. And when you open that up, inside was the, was the manna, the, the urn with the manna in it. And you, you get the impression that there was manna in it that lasted all this mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not quite sure how that worked out. But, um, but remember, manna itself, it, it only lasted the one day. That's right. And um, on, if you took it on the Sabbath, it lasted two days. Right. And it was like elfin bread. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Lambus bread. What, what was it called? Lambus, lambus bread? Lambus bread. And more lambus bread. We have yeah. lambus bread and more lambus bread. Yeah. And remember, they got sick of eating it and all that stuff. But, um, and also Aaron's um, butted staff, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And that these things are in the Ark of the Covenant. Um, so that's what he talks about. So he talks about there was this, there was this holy place and the most holy place. And in, a, in six um, through nine or through 10, he talks about the preparations that happened there. Picking up as verse six, as Larry said, these preparations having thus been made, the priests regularly go into the first section, performing their ritual duties. But into the second, only on the only the high priest goes, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers himself, offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. By this, the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places is not yet opened as long as the first section is still standing, which is symbolic for the present age. According to this arrangement, gifts and sacrifices are to be offered that cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper but only deal with food and drink and various washings, regulations for the body imposed until the time of reformation. It's kind of nice, eh? So they were they were well aware of this, about the, the priests going into the holy place yeah. um, on a daily basis and, and going about their duties. And then the high priest, once a year on the Day of Atonement, would um, would make a sacrifice for himself and then would, would go in. Remember, and they'd go into the Holy of Holies. They always talk about they tie a rope around them with a bell. They wore bells on their. Oh, um, okay. I didn't. Oh, I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah, and and so as long as the people heard the bell ringing, um, they know that the the high priest was okay in there. Hmm. But um, if if the high priest went in having sinned, they the the assumption was that that he would die. So if you heard that bell stop ringing, then you kind of know you got to pull him out with the rope. You can't go in. Right, you're not allowed to go in. It would kill. You would die as well, and yes. um, so you'd you'd have to drag him out. And I wished I'd, I'd taken the time to read if if any high priest ever had to get dragged out. Yes, <laughs> it's got to be in the literature somewhere. Craig Evans would know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He'd have it in the literature somewhere for us. But it's, but, it's um, man, how serious did they take this, eh? Like, oh yeah, yeah. This is this is no fool around religious stuff, you right? Know? Um. Uh, totally what their whole lives are about uh and and very 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 serious but then he says remember he says but but all of this was could not completely um solve the issue because this was all done in the imperfect 
So the imperfect being, that almost sounds like a Greek term to me all of a sudden, but the imperfect being that you're in this copy right. and you're not in the actual heavens, yeah. right? And the actual heavenly thing happens in, in verse 11. That's where he's going he's gonna to turn it now. Okay. But when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that have, to, that have come, then through the second and through the, sorry, I just started skipping all over the place here. And then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. He entered it once and for all into the holy places, not by the means of blood of goats or calves, but by the means of his own blood, thus securing eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, through whom the internal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Yeah, and so he, he talks about this, the, the thing he says that happened in the, in the uh, holy place and then in the holy of holies. He says that was effective, right? Um, and he, he'll talk a little bit later about that kind of just washed the outside. Mm. But now what he says is where these guys went into this imperfect thing that was built by men, by God's, under God's design, mm -hmm. but built by mm -hmm. people. He says, Jesus went into the heavenly one. So Jesus went into the perfect one. Remember we talked about Plato? Yeah. And this is kind of a, a Plato type thing where where everything in, in the heavens was perfect and on earth was just these, these shadows of what was in heaven. Yeah. And so that's what he says. So he says, but Jesus, Jesus went to the heavenly altar hmm. and he didn't offer bulls and goats, he offered himself. Right. And that's why he says, how much more um, will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish, purify us? Right. And purify our conscience from the dead works and help us to serve the living God. So remember, he's trying to say to these people, don't go back. Don't don't pick up on mm -hmm. the temple sacrifices. Don't pick up on all of this stuff. You don't have to anymore. Right. 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 What you're going to do now is is in the spirit hmm. and it's through Christ. And that's how, that's how we live now, right? In the spirit through Christ. Right. Going to church isn't critical. Even though later on they'll say, don't stop going to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. maybe they got the idea that they don't have to. And he had to say, no, 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 no. You still got to go to church. Right. Meeting, right. meeting together with other Christians, you know, and, and, you know, driving yourself out of your mind once a week <laughs> is, is very important. <laughs> I don't think he says it quite that way. And yeah, I think he, and it might be a she. Huh? Yeah, that's true. But you can kind of see how they glommed on to the, that sort of um, Gnostic thought later on, right? That this world is somehow the imperfect in the shadow, and how it was really easy for them to make that transition into that. Yeah, and remember, and and this isn't, we're, we're saying this isn't Paul. Some people still think it is. It could mm. be. Um but Paul talks about that kind of stuff too. He talks about antinomianism, like the un, the, the the totally doing away from from or the ascetics who were who were totally strict about everything. Yeah. And Paul was trying to say, you know, neither of these things are right. They're 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 two ends of the pendulum, and you don't need to do either of these things. Yeah. yeah. And and Jesus died so that we would be free. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Verse fifteen. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. For where a will is involved, the death of the one who made it 
must be established. For a will only takes effect at death, since it is not in force as long as the one who made it is alive. Therefore, not even the first covenant was therefore not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, he took the blood of calves and goats, with water and scarlet wool and hyssop, and sprinkled both the book itself and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you. And in the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tent and all the vessels used in worship. Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Kind of neat, isn't it? Um, it and so, so through all of the old covenant, there there is the shedding of the blood. Yeah. But the shedding of the blood is never the shedding of a person's blood. It's always the shedding of the blood of animals. Right. Right. Um, and and they had to be clean animals. They had to be without blemish. They had to have all of those things. And and he said, and even Moses, when he did this, he took the blood and he and he sprinkled it on, on. Um, on on the tent and the vessels used to worship but and on the book right so so that's it's kind of cool the way the way it's done but all of that was a symbol was a was a symbol or a shadow of what christ was going to do with his own blood yeah and kind of kind of different from some of the pagan religions around them right who did sacrifice their children and and things like that right and remember even the jewish people started doing that some of them yes Uh, um you know and with with Moloch and and stuff like that, and we we think the whole thing to do with with Isaac was was preparation for entry into the land. If if you believe that it was written before they entered the land, or that the incident happened, uh, and the whole point was God saying, when you go into the land, you're going to find people that sacrifice their children, and I do not require that. Yeah. And now Abraham um, was quite willing to do it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he was a man of his generation. He was a man of his time, and in his time, people did that. And yeah. it was God saying, um, "Do this," and he was okay. I'll do it. And they always talk about how much pain that was for Abraham. We don't know that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> we're assuming it was right. We're assuming it was. It was his only son with Sarah. Yeah. And uh, and then and then when he goes to do it, God God gives him the uh, the ram and says. You don't offer you don't offer your children to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when they went into the land, they would know not to do that, and they did it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we're people, and we're we're unbelievably stupid. Yeah, yeah. And they weren't any more, any more, more. They weren't any less stupid in those days than we are today. Yeah, yeah. So true. So yeah. true. Okay. 23. Thus, it was necessary for the copies of the heavenly things to be purified with these rites, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has entered, not into the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly, as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood not his own. For then he would have had to suffer repeatedly since the foundation of the world. But as it is, he has appeared once for all to the end, or at the end of the ages to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Just as it is appointed for, appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment, so Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly awaiting him. Ah, 
there you are. There's the nice conclusion. Yeah, so Jesus Jesus takes this thing, he offers himself, and he walks right into heaven with it. And there are those who believe that um, that he went down into hell hmm. or into the bosom of Abraham and, and released the captives from there and took them up. Some some people say, no, that's not true. It was just Jesus coming to earth is all that that's talking about. I, I'm quite happy to think that he went down into hell and released the captives. Yeah. 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 And, and, and marched into heaven and said, yeah, I'm here. Yeah. 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 That, that, that has a lot of majesty to it, right? It kind of fits what you want it, to see. It, it. Yeah. It makes way better preaching than he just, that, <laughs> <laughs> that he came to earth, that he, that he went right down in and released the captives is, is yeah. a way better sermon. Yeah. 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 And, but you know that the scholars are, you know, they'll go either way with those, yeah. with those kind of things. And most of them will say it just just refers to him coming to earth. Yeah. Um, but I still like the other. <laughs> yeah. I heard Ken Betzer once preach on it. Loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> I think so, Jimmy Swigert might have done that sermon once. Too. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, because it's so much more majestic. But yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so Jesus Jesus offers himself, and then he and then he takes it into heaven, and and. Um, you know, here he says this is not a copy, but he went into the true heaven, and, and again, that's that that idea that things on earth are just a copy of what's in heaven. That's kind of nice too, isn't it? Yeah. That, that the stuff here is is just a a mere shadow of what's there. Yeah. 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 And then there's a there's a verse here that we use all the time, and it is appointed once for man to die, and after that comes the judgment. Hmm. Right. And we often um, I hear this verse a lot that one day you're going to die. And then, then you're going to be judged. We only die once, right? right? Well, a coward dies many times. A brave man dies but once. <laughs> <laughs> That's a gooder. I like that one. I like yeah, that it's guy. not bad. But of course, this is just talking about how we how we die, and then we go before the judgment seat. Yeah. And Christ offered Himself, and now He's going to appear a second time. And notice He says He doesn't say because He could have said here He offered Himself once, and now He He goes and He's going to judge those. He doesn't say that. He actually has a very positive ending to this where he says, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. Yeah, yeah. And that's so nice, isn't it? Yeah. Because he could have went the Bema Seed of Judgment thing and, and done went that way with it. Yeah. But, it, but instead the author, I say he all the time, I know, but instead the author um, talks about, about this salvation that's waiting for us um, who are eagerly waiting for it. Yeah. Kind of harkens. Go, go ahead. No, no, you go. No, I want to hear you. Well, nobody, nobody wants to hear me because I. <laughs> um, but I was going to say it harkens back to what you always say about Revelation, right? This is this is God on His throne and and Him giving hope to people. This is this is the author ending this chapter of giving hope to the people. God is coming back. Hope to a dying generation. Yeah. 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 Which which comes stronger in some periods of time and other. You and I, Steve, I think we've lived through a. A very generous time where where you know we haven't had to go to war no. and you know our 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 lives have been you know relatively easy when it comes to stuff like that right you know we've had good medicines you know yeah vaccines against polio we've we've, we've had the whole thing going for us right but um, but we don't know what the what the near future holds <laughs> yeah. yeah that's true that's true yeah, yeah. There. And, and when you're struggling the thing you want to know is that 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 we're eagerly awaiting the next life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you said, this is but a shadow. This is a shadow. Yeah.
You and I are still cleaning the toilets in heaven, but... <laughs> but at least they're real toilets, not shadow toilets. That's right. That's I wonder what a perfect toilet would be like. You know? <laughs> be like the Ferguson, you know, with the big flush. Whoosh! <laughs> Oh, well, we, uh, we did get sidetracked there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, it is a, it, like you said, it's a good spot to leave it at the fact that, that we are in, a, in but a shadow and we are going to, God is coming back for us. For yeah. Don't turn back to what you once knew. Yeah. This life in Christ is what, what matters. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good, good message for us today too, right? Even those that didn't start out in Judaism is still a good message for us today. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Folks, once again, thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad that you did. Uh, we'll be back in about seven days' time, you know, depending on when I get around to editing this podcast episode, and hopefully I'm not too tardy. Uh, but we sure appreciate you joining us each time here on the Apocalary Podcast. I'm Steve, he was Larry, and this was the Apocalary Podcast. <laughs>